And so I think being able to address something and reroute before the problem gets to a place that it's irreversible is also a good thing for people to do. It's one of the things that I'm learning to do is like, just a check-in. How's it going? Still going good for you? <laughs> it's going good for me. This is what I'd like to see different. I, I talk a little bit about like when I first got married, I, my husband and I would have all these conversations because I was like, I wanna just, why are you keeping me here? And he's like, I'm not actually. Like, I didn't I didn't say any of that. Like, <laughs> you're, you're choosing not to go to the gym and you're choosing to come home because you think I'm not okay, but really I am okay. Welcome to The Jealous Vegan, a podcast about healthy eating, habit change, and the hurdles we all need help overcoming. I'm Jennifer Hunley, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Voice. Today, we are joined by... April Frazier, confidence coach, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Influencer. Jendai Jackson, owner of Jendai Asha Creative, also known as The Entrepreneur. Lisa Carter founder of Kinetic Fitness, also known as The Balancer. Lawrence Rassall, The Weekend Chef, also known as The Artisan. In this episode, we are talking about belonging. And this idea came from a conversation that we were having about being unique in our family or communities as plant basers. The birth of uh, The Jealous Vegan was like-minded friends talking about common hurdles that we all had with being plant-based. And we left that conversation, or at least I left that conversation, feeling so grateful that I had found like-minded people that shared my plant-based hurdles and observations. I found that with myself. I also found that way in hair. When I started going to like conferences and classes, I really found like, I found my people. And so we were having a conversation about finding your people, especially navigating adult life. You know, once you get out of school, high school or college, navigating new relationships and finding your people like outside of of a spouse. Right. Outside of a significant other, just people that you're like, yes, you get me. You get me. So it's so important. And I think it's something we all take for granted. I was recently talking to some friends in Austin. So I grew up in the Washington, D.C. metro, spent probably 25 years of my life here. And then I moved to Austin, Texas for five years. And when I moved there, it was my first time being outside of a group of people where I grew up basically with the same group of friends and maybe two congregations my whole life. And so I had a really stable foundation and base of people that I connected with and I felt were like my family. But then when I moved to Austin, I started a new job in a new town where I didn't know hardly anyone. And so recently I reconnected with some of those friends and the the chemistry and the camaraderie was amazing. And I said to someone I was explaining it to that when I moved there, I found my people. These were really my family in the relationships that I feel maybe the strongest connection to because they didn't grow out of my relationship with anyone else. These were all relationships that I built very organically. And it, there is an amazing feeling when you have that kind of, I don't know if we call it kismet. I don't know if I believe in that actually, but whatever. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> a really profound and strong magnetism towards people who make you feel like you can be the best version of yourself. I think 
it's important to pop in here and uh, look, Jen loves when I say that. <laughs> I think it's important to point out for, for our audience sake that we're talking about what it means to truly belong in this episode and, and not just belong because people look like you or because they eat like you or because they come from your blood. Finding your tribe with a people where you feel seen and we found each other in that way. We felt seen. It was rather organic that we found each other. Um, we share spirituality, all of us, the same spiritual beliefs. We're all people of color. We're all black. <laughs> but those were not necessarily the ways that we bonded or the reasons that we bonded. Like it certainly was the reason we found each other in some respect, at least the spirituality was the way reason we were in the same community, but it's not the reason that we found each other and decided to form a tribe and decided to become the jealous vegan. And we're all friends outside of the jealous vegan. And then we came together to create this thing. So the reason we bring it to you audience is because sometimes the people that you belong with are not the people, they're people that you choose and not necessarily people that you found or that were found for you. Yeah, I think that's like the key word is to choose, you know, find people. Because I mean, there's for all of us, right? There's all plenty of people that we know that we don't really choose, uh, even even in the friend department, even coworkers or whoever, like, yes, I know you, but I'm not, I'm not choosing to pursue a relationship of, of any kind with someone because maybe they, they don't align with whatever my thing is. And then sometimes you do have people where, you know, you meet somebody and instantly you're just like, yes, I like you. Like, let's, let's talk more about that. Uh, I've, I can speak for myself in that I've always felt like I'm a little weird. I'm a little strange. I'm a little quirky. I think, like I said earlier, when I became a hairstylist, I was like, oh, <laughs> you people. Yeah, this is this is a thing. This is a thing. Everybody's got the crazy colored hair and the like piercings. And it's just it's a very it's funny because now I, as I've gotten older, I've kind of toned down a, a bit. And when I go to like hair shows or whatever, I'm always like, oh, yeah, yeah, you guys are wild. Forgot. <laughs> I forgot. But it's nice when you can find someone or more than one person where you feel like you truly fit in and you can embrace all the parts of your quirky <laughs> self, quirky self. I want to point yeah. out two things here. One, I've been using the word tribe a lot lately and someone, I don't know if someone corrected me or I heard it somewhere, but it was made to be a word that can be sometimes offensive. And I want to make sure that we put that out there, that we understand that and we know that, but we're, we're not meaning it in that way. Just wanted to drop a, a, a dot there on that word um, for anyone who's listening who may feel like that's not the right word to say. Understand it, get it, acknowledge it. Not using it in that way, though. I don't have a problem with using the word tribe. Like I said, I was using it before. And someone just brought it to a conscious level for me. So I'll just say that, just leave that there. And then secondly, um, what I want to say is that I was looking through like how to find your tribe because I've been through situations where I've had major changes in life. Like I moved across the country or I got married or I became an entrepreneur. And I, you know, every single time I had to find where I belonged 
after I made that major shift or that major change. And so I was looking at ways to do this. And of course, you know, you, you see stuff like join the community or, you know, be sure to be the first one to reach out or find a meetup or things like that. But the one tip that I found really, really interesting was to do some self-reflection first. Because in order to know what kind of relationship you want to build, you first need to look at yourself and understand what you're looking for in that community or in that tribe or in that group or in that meetup that you um, you want to join. And I've noticed that in myself um, as of recently, like I, I my newest thing is being a full time entrepreneur and I've found all those people that are like me on social media and through, you know, networking events, but I'm finding that I'm no longer loving that space, which has caused me to, to look inside and figure out what, like what's changing about me that I'm no longer feeling fed or feeling like I'm 100% a part of this community. And I'm actually looking forward to reaching out and figuring out what's next or what group do I feel like I belong to next? So I think it's it's ever-changing depending upon what you're going through in life or what what next iteration, you know, you're about to explore in your journey as a person. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree 100% uh, for myself. Just I think in different periods of time in my life, when I was an adolescent, you know, friends were important. And uh, fitting in was important. And uh, like you mentioned, uh, I think, Lisa, being a little quirky and perhaps not feeling good in your skin and then gravitating and moving into adulthood, you still want to have that sort of connection with individuals. So you may change who you are to a degree to fit in. Um, But one thing that I appreciate and and what, what touched on when Jindy just mentioned, um, as far as, you know, when you're coming into your own, that changes. I mean, your, your quote unquote tribe perhaps isn't quite a tribe. It's more of a, you know, a small group of people, you know, for myself, I'll, I'll speak for myself, just in my opinion. I mean, I'm confident in it, but back then, you know, I've always enjoyed cooking. I've always enjoyed food and, certain other types of entertainment and, 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 and recently I've always loved it, but I've never really expressed it as far as my, my, my love for plants and, and just plant life in general. Um, I have tons of plants in my apartment and uh, that intrigues me. So all these things typically are not deemed as manly. And so because of that, uh, and I'm, I'm confident in what I like and, and what I enjoy but yet, because it may not necessarily be what the other man likes, you know, I may not, you know, be as expressive about that unless I feel that I can um, and feel comfortable. So it's my input. I was going to say, I think uh, what Jindy said about, you know, growing and changing and learning about yourself in the process is the key because I personally have never thought that, you know, your people are going to stay your people. I've April and I say this and people hate it, but people grow and people change. And sometimes when people grow and change, 
those relationships grow and change and not everybody is meant to stay. I can count a few people in my life that have been here since I was little that are, are still in my life. So, but part of the, that is them. And part of that is me and being confident in myself and who I am and feeling like I'm not going to shrink myself. I'm not going to do things that I don't want to do anymore or that I don't believe in anymore for the sake of holding on to this thing that just maybe doesn't work anymore. But there's a lot of, as much as, as we say that, there's a lot of complexity that also goes with letting go and breaking those relationships and the anxiety of finding, you know, as you grow, will I find somebody else who's also into this stuff that I'm into now and this, this different space. But I personally think that, I mean, humans were like plants. We are meant to grow. And, you know, you, if you ever meet a person that hasn't grown, you know it immediately. You're just like, why are you stuck in <laughs> like the seventh grade? Like what happened, you know? So we're meant to grow and to change. And I think that's the beautiful part. Uh, and not to say that even for the people who maybe aren't in my life anymore, it's like no love loss. It's just we're just different now. And that's fine. But for sure, for me, it's anxiety producing because I am an introvert, uh, even though people always are like, you don't present as an introvert. But like making new friends and <laughs> try not to like let my let my freak flag fly too high in the beginning is like always <laughs> a thing for me. You know, it's like, um, yeah, I'm very weird. It's fine. Just get into it, you know, but navigating new relationships and, and teeter tottering that line is always anxiety producing for me and I have anxiety disorder so it's it's doubly hard but I have found for myself that when I do lean into that and really find people that I'm like gonna be my full self with and it's all good it's always it's always great it's always been a good experience for me so I wonder the reason that I think this topic fits into the jealous vegan and, and a lot of the things that we discuss is related to habit change. So I'm curious, how many times have you felt like you had such a good thing going with the group of people and you did not want to rock the boat and thus you failed to embrace or make a change that you knew would make you a better person? Well, I'll speak for myself. I'm the queen of cut. Y'all know. I'm the queen of natural ends, and I believe that relationships, some relationships are for time, and some relationships are for life, some are for seasons, some are for, you know, different things, and it's appropriate to let go and let it and let it die. So I will say that hasn't happened very often in my life where I felt that I was going to hold on when it was toxic for me or it was some reason that I needed to let go. Um, I've actually come from the opposite way where I'm trying now to find and try not to be so quick in quitting, but looking for the opportunities where the relationship has changed. Does it really need to die? <laughs> and maybe, and saying that maybe sounds dramatic, but it, in this current state, in this current incarnation, it needs to die. That becomes pretty clear, pretty obviously, but does it need to, can it be, Something else, like a, a seedling, for example, has to die in order to become the plant. And so I'm trying being more conscious in my relationships to see, is this a seedling that needs to die so that something else can come in its place? Or is this a relationship for a season? 
man, I've been stuck so many times. Asking that question is making me replay what I feel like is me being stuck in the same situation over and over and over again, where I feel like I'm in groups or in communities or in a team of friends where I'm not valued. And then if I'm not valued, are they really friends? But I think that it's hard. It's hard when you're in those situations because of the title of, you know, of this episode, belonging. You want to belong somewhere. You want to fit somewhere and it's emotional and it's, and, you know, you, you just want to be a part. And I think it takes self, it, it takes you recognizing your value and your worth to understand that if it's toxic, you can leave it and still belong or find belonging somewhere else. But I think that that comes with time. It comes with getting rid of some insecurities and, you know, maturity uh, because of how important connection is. Like connection, I feel like it can trump so many other things that sometimes you'll sit in something that's not right for you because of the connection and sometimes the convenience as well. I think it's the history too, Jenny. Sometimes it's hard to let go because something has history. We want it to meet. We want that history to mean something. Understanding why you stay, you know, understanding self. Why are you staying, and why would you leave? You know, like what you said has really hit my heart because it's true, right? We all want to belong. This is true at the dinner table. This is true in whatever community or group we want to. Our families super hard. To be different from our families, because from my perspective, I felt like, well, but wait a minute, we're supposed to be the same, aren't we? But we're not, though. In some critical ways that have felt and made me feel, and owning my own feelings and my own perspective, World According to April, made me feel like I don't belong here because these very critical things are not the same. When Jen asked that question, one period of like, my life that stood out to me was like probably from, I would say, 18 to 23, maybe, where I had this kind of these friends that were from childhood that I'm trying to hold on to, even though it's very clear, not only is it toxic, but it just was not, it was, it was not a good relationship. And I remember having this moment of it was really when I, I had the deciding factor of I'm going to have to let these things go because I said either either these relationships have to die or I'm going to because that's how toxic these relationships were, where you guys are going to keep me down. You're going to hold me down. They though these particular set of friends I, I got into, you know, reading and, you know, you guys know I'm very like, tell me about the universe and the stars and <laughs> like, and the, I mean, people, they made me feel so bad and like, what's your problem? And just all of the negative, every negative thing that they could spew on me, they did. And it just, it broke me in a way that I was like, I cannot stay here. Like <laughs> if I remain friends with you guys, you guys are going to break me. And one of the things that I always look back on, I don't have a lot of regrets in life because I feel like everything takes you to, to the next part of yourself. But the thing that I do regret is holding on to some of those people for as long as I did, because I just think how much faster I would have grown and changed and been the, the better part of myself if I had not held on to some of those relationships. And 
I think that's also like a pivotal time in your life. That's like, that's a, that's an age where everything is new. You're like switching all the things around and you just kind of want something to stay the same. But I would say for anybody in our audience who's listening, who maybe is in that situation where you've had that aha moment of like, something has to shift. I would say make the shift. That's the only thing that I wish I had done was shifted earlier, you know, in my life and no looking back. I mean, like I said, I, I wish people nothing but the best, but we, we've gone in a different trajectory and that's all right too, you know? Speaking to the difficulty though, shifting though, what would you guys say is useful if someone's listening and they're like, yeah, you know what? I know I need some pe- I need to, I need to change some things in my social circle and my group. What advice did you give? Or- Lately for myself, I've been looking at myself. I realized that in some ways, I have a light personality about some things and other things I have a more stringent personality about certain things. And so I realized that it's not always the other person necessarily. And so my advice is, is it something that you can forgive? I mean, we're, we're learning to, to forgive and, and try to just look at relationships holistically um, and not just from a one-sided view. I look at my, my small tribe and if I choose to go out of that tribe or to grow that tribe, can I again, forgive or can I, uh, can I look past that something that I can continue to deal with and we can talk about it? Or is it something that I, I, I have to reject? That's what I, I recommend for those that are listening. I liked what April said about a seedling and a plant And to take that illustration just a little bit further, determining whether or not you want to apply some plant food, right? If there's some medicinal value that can be used to try to heal this thing so that it can continue to grow. And so for me, what I found, because similar to you, Lisa, I have childhood friends. You know, we've gone through difficulties from time to time over the years. But what I've realized is that the relationship was worth saving, but my view of the their place in my life had to change. So whenever we came to a point where I realized they, what Jindy said, they don't value me the way that I think, that I feel deserve, that, that I deserve to be valued, or they don't appreciate the things that I bring to the relationship, then I would simply pivot and do those things somewhere else where they were valued and appreciated. And I didn't cut those people out of my life or lose those relationships. I just determined I'm going to, categorize them differently so that I can still be with them without feeling like I'm beholden to them. And so for me, that's been one of the biggest things. I can belong without being beholden. That's deep. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. deep, Jim. Thank you. I like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've pivoted, <laughs> but that's, that's really good advice. Well, I, yeah. I, I'm kind of curious, though. What, what does beholden mean, Jen, according to you, what you just said? What's the distinction? So I think in my life where I've, I've always had conflict is where there was a classification about a relationship that no longer fit the relationship. And so the expectation may have been that we always go on vacation together, or we always go out to eat together, or we always go to shows together, or we do like, these are the things that we always do together. But when my habits changed or their habits changed where they weren't in alignment, it made it difficult to try to do those things together. And so it just became a part of, okay, I don't have to choose to always do this with you, or we don't always have to be together. 
that I can have other friends and I can do things with other people and I can make different choices. And at no time have they come back and said, I feel like you left me behind because I would want to have a really honest conversation about, okay, well, well, why do you feel that way? And, you know, how do we heal that? But instead, I, I really just wanted to, to get to a place where I stopped feeling like I was obligated to do these things with these groups of people when I wasn't being fulfilled as a result. Um, and so I would just go in search of a new friend home <laughs> where I could be more authentically Jennifer, which sometimes just annoys people. And, and I get that. So the, that's when I'm back to what Lauren said is then I need to take a look at myself and say, OK, well, what do I need to adjust and change? But I don't know. I hope that answers your question. So fulfillment is the compass. Do I feel fulfilled here? And if I don't, how can I still potentially navigate forward with this group and find fulfillment and changing your expectations for the relationship is what I heard. Is that right? Absolutely. And when it comes to food, what I found is I eat before I go or I bring my own food. I don't count on them to try to feed me because trying to change their attitude about what I should eat just became terrible. Like it would just be the dumbest fights back and forth. And I just decided like, like this is stupid. I have money. I can bring my own food. I don't need you to feed me. So that helps solve it in some instances. What came to mind as Jen was talking too, which I think is a good bit of advice for people in the audience is if you can try to navigate those conversations, right? But also I think for myself when Jen was talking and I'm like, yeah, I've never pivoted. But for me, I feel like I have always been the person where I tolerate and tolerate and tolerate until I'm done with you, <laughs> like done. And I think if I had maybe addressed some of those issues earlier on and found a way to navigate those relationships before I was like totally done, done, we're finished, um, maybe the outcome would be different. So as Jen was talking about like looking at the relationship and saying, this is what's not working for me. How can I still keep a place for this person in my life? Well, I think what I have tried to do is keep that, keep those people in those boxes for like as long as possible until like we are literally bursting at the seams. And now <clears throat> I don't know, like just no. But I know April and I have talked about this because we have all sorts of conversations, but we talked about this like with marriage, right? Is how often do you talk to your, your spouse or your significant other and say like, hey, are we still good here? You know, like. What's the context of this relationship? Is there a way for us to grow together? Is there something that we can shift? Is there a way for you to be happier, me to be happier? We don't have those people tend, I should say, not to have those conversations because the assumption is that you're fine. And but people hold on to that. Right. Until they're like, I, I want a divorce. I'm out. You know, you've been getting on my nerves for years now. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. How come? How come you never told me that, you know? And so I think being able to address something and reroute before the problem gets to a place that it's irreversible is also a good thing for people to do. It's one of the things that I'm learning to do is like, just a check-in. How's it going? Still going good for you? <laughs> it's going good for me. This is what I'd like to see different. I, I talk a little bit about like when I first got married, I my husband and I would have all these conversations because I was like, I want to just, why are you keeping me here? And he's like, I'm not actually like, I didn't, I didn't say any of that. Like, <laughs> you're, you're choosing not to go to the gym and you're choosing to come home because you think I'm not okay. But 
really, I am okay. And I found that once we were able to have that conversation and I was able to rewrite our relationship, we were able to rewrite the terms of our relationship. I felt like, whoo, all right, all right. This is a lot more fun now. So I think in every relationship that should and should and could be done. <laughs> yeah, I want to put a word on what Lisa said, and that is co-creation. We have the power to co-create our relationships. In the beginning, relationships tend to form rather naturally. Norms get formed, norms get set, and then we never go back to recheck. Is this still valid? What would we like to co-create now? And that word is really a powerful, active word. What do you choose to co-create? One thing I like about what, Jen, what you said, and Lisa, what you said is that you're looking for a way to redefine the terms so you can still keep the relationship. One option, though, is letting go. And I think it's beautiful that you both come from this place of hope of like, how can I keep you? I came from the other side of like, how can I let you go? And it'd be as peaceful as possible. Maybe you don't even realize that I let you go, but co-create. And I really just want to stress that word because it's so powerful in any relationship you get to co-create. And part of that is just what Lisa said is checking in. What's different here that needs to shift? What's still good? What's, what are we lacking? What are we loving? What are we liking? What are we... What are we wanting more of? And that piece in terms of belonging, that happens at the dinner table. It applies at the dinner table. What do we want to co-create? The experience we want to co-create in any relationship. I call it out to say you have so much power to ask for that and to recognize whether you choose to co-create something or not. But let it be conscious because co-creation is really, really powerful. And you're doing it. You're co-creating whether you realize it or not. So realize it and get deliberate about what you want what you choose to co-create in your relationship i love it i don't know that we can say anything more take us out (laughs) thank you for listening if you like what you heard today please take two minutes and leave us a review in your favorite podcast app and in the meantime don't let perfection be the enemy of progress